Hello, I'm Emma Goswell and this is Effin Hormones. It's the podcast about perimenopause and beyond. I can't quite believe it, but somehow this is the last episode in the first series. And I've been thinking over the weeks about what I've learnt over the last few episodes. And that is quite a lot, really, because when I started all this, I was pretty clueless. And I really hope that you've learnt along with us too. One thing that I've learned is that there are so many different things that can happen to women health-wise from, say, late 30s, 40s and up. And many women say that can be really isolating. Because if you don't know what's wrong with you, you can feel like you're going mad. And that's one of the reasons why I decided to get together with three of my mates to talk about it. Because if we support each other through talking about it, then hopefully fewer women will feel isolated and wonder what the heck is going on. That's all the aim of this, anyway. Well, let's see what the gang, Bina, Terry and Helen, think of all that. Guys, does that pretty much reflect what you've been feeling over the last few weeks? Ah, oh, very yeah. admirable. I couldn't have put it better myself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's quite a learning curve, actually, this whole menopause malarkey, isn't it? Perimenopause and menopause. I'm quite enjoying it. Well, not, yeah. you're not enjoying the menopause, but you're enjoying no, learning about well, it. I don't even know yeah. if I'm going through the menopause, frankly. I still have no clue, but I'm, I'm enjoying chatting i'm enjoying not feeling like i'm mad which is quite good and uh yeah hanging out with you guys yeah and it's been nice to actually meet other people a bit clueless there's so many women we've spoken to there, who have had no idea what's going on either you know and it's, it's it's quite common isn't it people aren't talking about it enough and people are going what the hell is happening to my body and like the hot flush is an obvious one but there's so many i've just learned over the weeks how many extreme symptoms there are that you wouldn't have even... I'd never thought about before. No. Like the whole burning mouth syndrome. I mean, good God. That sounds horrific. It does make it feel more manageable knowing that you're not, like Bina was saying, that you're not going mad, but also that sort of camaraderie with other people, with mm. other women particularly, obviously. Half the battle, I think, is talking to people, isn't it? Mm, yeah, absolutely. But, well, hopefully my battle is one step further. As of today, I actually went to see a menopause specialist uh, this afternoon. <gasps> hey. Oh. Yes, I, I will. You will be absolutely shocked and horrified when I tell you how much money I am poorer. But I had a consultation and I told her all about all my symptoms. And she said, yes, she thought HRT could help me. And I've had a blood test to find out exactly what was going on in my body, which will be sent off. Um, and then hopefully in sometime in the near future, i.e. in about two weeks, I can start taking some type of HRT. Are you going to tell us how much money you've had to pay? Yeah, because I'd like to see your reaction. It's good that I'm looking at you on the screen here as well. <laughs> Go on, how much do you think for a consultation and for the blood tests? Oh, 350 quid. I got the price completely wrong and I felt a bit of an idiot when I left. But anyway, that's another story. That's my fault. I'm saying 350. Okay. I'm saying 500, judging yeah. by your, what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think somewhere in the middle, 425. Okay, well, Bina's almost bang on the money. It was £495. <gasps> oh, my oh God. God. Yeah, because I think the consultation was 250 and then the um, the blood test was almost wow. that, that much again. Yeah. It just goes to show wow. how much we, 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 we gain from the NHS while it's free at the point of use mm. and open for everybody, yeah. doesn't it? That it's unfortunate that you have to go privately to to get the help that you've not been able to get every time you've tried to talk to a GP about this, summer. I think that's terrible. I know, and I feel like... I've been driven to do that, really, because I've just not had any success with my GP. I know other people have. 
But and I've just been so desperate. I just had to have done it. I've had a terrible mm. week. I had a day on Saturday where I'd hardly slept on Friday night. I was awake three times an hour with hot flushes. Oh, I felt Emma. terrible on Saturday. I literally had a. I literally had to go out into the garden. I was having a hot flush and just sat on the step and oh. bawled my eyes out. And I just oh, felt sweetheart. so emotional. God. And I just thought I just got to do this. And I, you know, and it's it's. It's annoying that I've had to do that, but I also feel very privileged because not everyone can afford four hundred ninety-five pounds mm. for one no, appointment. Of no. How long was your appointment? Appointed. And that was about forty-five minutes. Oh God. Yeah. So I think sure she'd be very good, but you know, unfortunately, that's what I've had to do. I want mm. to find out more about this um, charity that. Um, so Kate Muir, who's um, uh, the producer of the Davina documentary, was talking about a charity that was being set up with Dr. Louise Newson, and this is something that we need to look at in future episodes because, in my opinion, I think that we're getting to a point where we've basically got a two-tier situation yep. in this country with regard to menopause yeah. with women who can afford to make themselves feel better. And women who can't and don't necessarily, they might get what they need, but they don't necessarily get what they need. Mm. And so, yeah, I'd be interested to find out what this charity is all about to see whether or not that's actually about helping out with that. The thing is, there's a massive inequality in women's health full stop. Yeah, agreed. Not even just to do with menopause. It's just so skewed. I mean, hopefully we can just be part of this groundswell of women coming forward and coming up soon, you're going to hear from Karen Arthur, who was fabulous on the Davina documentary. And one of the things that she talks about is finding her voice and being vocal. And I think that's part of what Effing Hormones is all about. And hopefully um, that will make you feel empowered as well to speak up and because, you know, you don't have to be an expert to talk about this stuff. What's important is that other people get to hear your story. That's what mm. I think. Mm. And you don't mm. have to be political. You don't have to be someone who can stand up on a stage and feel confident talking about people. But what I'm hoping this podcast will do and all the other podcasts that are taking place and the things like the Davina documentary will make you feel like you can actually tell your story. Yeah, and speak up when you're suffering as well, actually. I think doing this podcast as well has empowered me to just talk about it even more openly than I ever did before. So this week... I was um, I was asked to give a talk on Zoom, obviously, because everything is like that, isn't it, these days, um, to a publishers. And I was talking to a group of about 25 people and they'd asked me a question and I totally, I was waffling on to myself with the, like 25 people watching me and I totally forgot what I was talking about. I had absolutely no idea. And I had to just go... I'm really sorry. I've got brain fog and it is the menopause. What on earth was I saying? What was the question? I totally lost track. Well, I'm full of admiration for you with that, Emma, because we, we mentioned in previous episodes how you've always been very open about the fact that when you're presenting radio programmes, you, you say I'm having a hot flush, you know. Right, it is now time for the A to Z of Perry and Menno. This is where you get to hear what we found out about different subjects to do with it all. And this episode... We've got to the letter F, which is quite apt because I have just had a massive hot flush. I don't know if you, any of you even noticed how no. beetroot I went Sorry, in the last mate. few minutes. Yeah, We've I've just got used to it now. I know, and I just feel bad about putting my fan on because then it'll just be able to hear it on the microphone. No, F for fan. Go and get it. Oh, yeah, F for fan. <laughs> There's my F. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the flashing oh. disco lights one? Oh, no. That's next door. It's not oh, as okay. powerful, so it's it's all style over Ooh. substance, that one, I'm afraid. 
I feel like I can feel that fan via the Wi-Fi. Is that so? Oh, I wish I could. It's boiling. So good. It's so good. Anyway, okay. we will turn it off because I need to find out what your Fs are. Um, go on, Bina. I think you're going to kick us off, aren't you? F for fatigue, which I am feeling quite fatigued today, but I don't think it's necessarily hormonal. But fatigue is quite a common symptom. It sort of creeps in, apparently, when you're feeling a bit perimenopausal, into menopause, And it is, you like everything uh, to do with when your oestrogen drops. So the things to combat fatigue, oddly, or you'd think it'd be slightly counterintuitive, but actually is to be more active. So mm-hmm. doing exercise. And it kind of increases the adrenaline and, you know, all these various things, then it can help combat fatigue. So when I get that dip at about three or four o'clock and I want to go back to bed or or, or lie down and have a cup of tea and a slice of cake, I should actually be doing some yoga. You should do some jogging. star jumps or something. Yeah. Isn't there something to be said about getting in a routine as well, Bina, about, you know, bedtime and, and to, to, to tackle the fatigue? It's a little bit scant, the information about, why you get more fatigue, feel more fatigued. But yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot to do with about routine, exercise and sleep hygiene, you know, turning off devices. A bit of Enya before bed. Enya. <laughs> <laughs> She's still not on the playlist. She's brilliant. I love her. I think, I think we need to maybe give Enya a shot. I mean, oh. never, <laughs> I, feel, I just feel bad for Terry, you know, just keep saying no it to her. It helps yeah. Terry, she helps Terry sleep. That's why she, she does help me sleep. I did feel guilty about that, actually, when you were talking about your tinnitus. I was like, oh, I have been a bit, I've been that a total and utter cultural snob, haven't I? Anyway. Oh, yes, I've, I've forgotten about that. It wasn't that her lyrics were so boring, she fell asleep listening <laughs> oh, to her God. songs. Her lyrics are fantastic, <laughs> if you understand oh, what I'm saying. I'm joking. <laughs> but I think also you feel, you know, in the night, when you're waking up with your hot flushes and your night sweats and all that kind of stuff, if you're constantly waking up, that obviously just leads you to feel more tired. And so, but you know, that's a difficult one to combat. On. And yeah, sleep hygiene. Terry, you are next up to offer up your F. What is your F going to be for? So I had a bit of a, a giggle today because I searched for menopause and fun in the same search. I bet that doesn't come up that often, does it? I don't think it does. And I think I think we should uh, I think we should address this. I think we should have a section on our website about fun facts about menopause. But basically I thought you might like a few jokes. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Oh my god. Uh... Right, so this is the kind of stuff that you get when you're probably at your your lowest ebb looking for when is this gonna fucking end and is it really gonna take seven years before I start to feel more like myself? And you get things like this. Thought I was having a hot flush this morning. Then I discovered it was just my tits in my tea. <laughs> <laughs> what? You know, I mean, seriously, it's like, oh, where is the, where is the levity? Where is the light at the end of this tunnel? So, but I did find a website that has some kind of, some little lights at the end of the tunnel. It was everydayhealth.com. And, and obviously, uh, check your sources. But I just thought these were quite, these were quite apt. So there are 10. I'll run through them quickly because I know you might get bored. So one, no more menstrual cycle. No more PMS. Yay. Da, da, da. Oh, after menopause. At the yeah, end so of menopause. This is at the end oh, of menopause. Right, okay. So yeah, light at the end of the tunnel, Bina. So this one I don't have a problem with, but um, sex, sex without pregnancy worries. Mm, no, I don't have that worry. End of hormonal headaches. Now I do have hormonal headaches. <gasps> yes, so please. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for that. Mm. Uh, fibroids this is something that we've got to look forward to in our 50s ladies oh Emma you're already there aren't you oh I've got fibroids oh have you 
What, what are they? So they are benign tumours in your uterus. They grow with levels of oestrogen and as you approach your 50s and then they start to shrink as you go through menopause. They right. can have an impact on if you've got them. They can have an impact on your cycle. I mean, you, they can. I mean, some people have them really, really badly. I think the, well, the singer FK Twigs had, had really badly, didn't she? She had to have a, a massive uh, operation to get them out. But um, FK mine are quite small, and they don't. FKA Twigs, check her out. She's ace. Yeah, you are. Too. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. you are. Even <laughs> <laughs> I know who she is, though, and I'm 50. <laughs> I've heard of Twiggy. Um, <laughs> 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 Twiggy and Edia, what a pair. Twiggy and Edia. <laughs> I really think I should have been born in a different decade. Uh, anyway, you, you're right, Helen, because fibroids do cause more heavy periods and um, a lot more pain, and they cause cause pressure on the bladder. So I wonder today, I wonder if I've got fibroids because I. Hey, maybe that's more my stress wheeze. Yeah. Maybe that's well, my... <laughs> yeah. So right. So six. Greater sense of confidence to deal with things. In theory, I did wonder whether this is true, and I didn't know. I, this is the other thing about information about menopause it doesn't really apply to you when you look at it it's a certain type of woman that's represented on menopause websites in most cases so this is the kind of thing that it said was the fun facts about menopause your kids are older Helen your kid is under under six isn't he what is he I know this is it I mean I've got a seven-year-old but then right this is this is one of the other things right I had a baby when I was 38 I'm described as a geriatric mother that's what you're called you're called a geriatric mother well, you, your jowls are getting a bit saggy, aren't they? Jowls get. I was like, well, thanks. You know, what a nice title, guys. Thanks so much, you know. Yeah, geriatric <laughs> over 36. OK, so careers are doing well, in theory, when you're at this point of life. <laughs> Let's gloss over that one very quickly. Um, the, ups and, <laughs> ups and, the ups and downs of relationships have all settled down again. Oh my! Let's just quickly what? gloss over that one. Who Abs- are these people? Yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, Venus I'm not out. buying any of this. No, no, it's all no. bullshit. This, this bullshit. is where we're supposed to be when, when, <laughs> when we hit this point of life. Right. So, quick. Seven. It's time to take stock. You might have a new job, a new career. I think that's apt for some of us. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You take more chances. Again, I think that's a yeah. little bit apt. Yeah. You yeah, might I do the things that. that you've been putting off for some time, like <laughs> mountain climbing or ice skating. <laughs> <laughs> Is that on the list? <laughs> I'm not climbing mountains. This sounds like it's something out of the Reader's Digest. Yeah, like, doesn't it? <laughs> so I, I really laughed because I wondered if the ice skating was for the hot flushes. So, okay, eight, you focus on you focus on caring for yourself. So things like, this. Is, I'm doing some of these and I, I shouldn't not yeah. because they're working. So meditation, relaxation exercises, doing more exercise, all the things that you start to look at yourself. Healthy eating, I'm not really doing that. And then, um, yeah, so that's number eight. And then number nine, you can still have sex and enjoy it. Uh, so (laughs) sign me up for that one please and number 10 that's a really strange thing to say well I suppose it's some people can't can they or or think they can't or I I don't know and then number 10 finally right this is this is it I'll shut up in a minute this is the one that is really apt and I think this is actually very very true so you can bond with other menopausal women and you can share and it helps you face the world and I thought well that is effing true that is ever true. We can all sh- fun, fun we can all share. Yeah, in our misery. Very good. <laughs> Very good. I like that, Terry. Very nice. <laughs> and last but not least, Helen has um, not told us what her F is because she's said it's a surprise. Ooh. It's an F in surprise. 
funny farts. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm only oh, joking. God. <laughs> no, it's not that, obviously. It's, it's Friends. Oh, I thought it was going to be. You guys. What, the new series? <laughs> Dom Tish. Uh, no, no, listen, it's, I mean, it follows on from exactly what you just finished off with there, Terry. Aww. But basically, I've been thinking about back to all the guests that we've had on. And there's a really strong theme running about women coming together and sharing mm. with each other. And really, if you feel isolated, then you are more likely to feel like you're going mad. Right. We've established this. Yeah. And everything that we've done with this podcast and you're my friends anyway. But I just feel like. I just feel I feel enhanced. And I feel supported mm. and I feel I feel happier for sharing with you some of the things that I've been going with and some of the things that you've been going with. And I wish we weren't going through them, but I feel better because we've got together as friends to talk about it. And if you've been listening yeah. to this podcast, I really hope you felt like that way too because we have got a website. We've been mentioning it at the end of each uh, each episode and we will come together, won't we, girls, if, um, if you send us in your stories and comments and things and we'll record some episodes where we're just talking about your stories too. So thank you, my friends. Oh, thank you. And I do feel like uh, genuinely that we have all grown closer through doing this, actually. And yeah, definitely. I feel like we all know each other a bit more through, through doing this. We're all good friends to start with, but I do think that this whole project has brought us closer together. And just think, back in the day, we used to do that with alcohol, right? Yeah. <laughs> and not, in real been, life. In real life, yeah. There's been no drops drunk whatsoever. Yeah. Um, oh, I know. It is well, possible to have fun with no booze. <laughs> we've not even been in the same room. We've all been over very dodgy Wi-Fi signals. And- I know. Oh, I love you all. Thank you so much for doing it. Thank you. Love you too. Pleasure. Do I have to say it as well? (laughs) No. You don't have to say it. Oh, no, I'm kidding. Love you girls. (laughs) Effing hormones. Sweary, but supportive. Hey, gang, just to let you know, this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. So what is BetterHelp? Where's online therapy, Ems? BetterHelp matches you to one of 32,000 licensed therapists based on your location and your preferences. And then you can access therapy from your laptop or your phone. Now, you've had therapy, haven't you, Ems? And you're quite happy to talk about it too. Yeah, and it's really important to talk about it because it has helped me and it has helped so many people. And we talk about mental health all the time on our podcast, don't we? Because my mental health wasn't awful, but it went crashing downhill after I hit what I thought was the midlife crisis and then got even worse when I was actually perimenopausal. And I so benefited from seeing a therapist. It massively, massively helped. If you could sum it up in one sentence, what therapy's done for you. Can you sum it up in one sentence, like how beneficial it's been? It's helped me appreciate the goodness in myself and the goodness in the world, I think. Mm. It's helped me not to dwell on the negative. Love that. To find out more about it and to get 10% off your first month, head to betterhelp.com slash effinghormones. That's betterhelp.com slash effinghormones. Well, it's now time for you to meet our final guest in this series of Effin Hormones. Can you believe it? I can't. Karen Arthur is a fashion designer. She makes beautiful clothes for women and she's all about helping women to feel confident and empowered. Now, if you watched the Davina documentary, as I know many of you did, Sex Myths and the Menopause, you'll have seen Karen talking very openly about her struggle with depression and the menopause. 
But that experience ultimately empowered her to become the woman she is today. Confident, bold and much happier after speaking out, which is exactly what she's doing as the presenter and creator of another brilliant podcast. Hers is called Menopause Whilst Black, and it's on to its second series. Uh, Karen, I had an enjoyable drive back from Wales listening to a couple of episodes, and uh, congratulations on your podcast. What, what led you to doing your podcast? What was the main reason behind it? Oh... Thank you for your kind words and thank you for inviting me on. This is brilliant. Um, So I wasn't going to be a podcast host. I couldn't have seen this coming at all. Uh, But I have been talking about my own menopause, firstly amongst my friends for a a good few years, certainly since I, you know, moved into it. And I had been, I was talking online about it a little bit, but not much, I guess. I've always been open and honest about my journey, whether it's been mental well-being, leaving my job, fashion, Mm. whatever. And then, as you know, 2020 was quite an event. Uh, (laughs) And during the middle of it, literally this time last year, what we're now calling Black Square Summer. um, I did not coin that phrase. uh, Where the tragedy that is, you know, Um, George Floyd's life was Mm. taken away from him and also Amy Cooper uh, I don't know whether you remember but Amy Cooper the woman the white woman in Central Park who um, called the police on Christian Cooper who no relation who was um, bird watching when he asked her to put her dog on a leash and both of those two events obviously the world kind of it, it, it felt like the world blew up And I, it was everywhere. The news, it was all over the news, quite rightly. People, the world seemed to wake up to what black folks had known for a very long time about the brutalism and um, racism and, you know, the the way the police were treating uh, people of colour and so on and so forth. But it was a lot, it was a lot, it was, it was traumatic and it was everywhere. You couldn't, it was almost like we were being re-traumatised because you couldn't get away from the video or a screenshot or the news. And certainly my friends, you know, uh, black people on Instagram suddenly received a lot of new followers. And it felt intrusive. It felt weird. It felt, it was upsetting. Hmm. And I, I have one of those odd things I have a five-year diary that's a bit weird but anyway we'll go with that and um I was reading last year's entry for this week and yesterday's was I cried all day and so I stepped away from social media for a bit remember we're in covid we're in lockdown sort of I am a fashion designer so anybody you could sew was making masks uh, my clients were on hold, so I didn't have an income. And then suddenly I had doubled my income because everybody wanted a mask, which is great. Um, so I'm sitting at my kitchen table and I'm hot flushing and I'm menopausing and I'm also traumatised and I'm also sad and angry. And I suddenly wondered what black women were doing, how they were coping with their menopause symptoms and also coping with this what I called racial trauma, which I now realise is something called racial weathering, 
which if your viewers, viewers, uh, listeners don't know, it's um, knowing of and experiencing and hearing about racism and how that affects your mental and physical well-being over the years. And it's a thing. Mm. But I didn't know that at the time. And so I did a video. I decided to just have a little rant. And I, it starts with, have you ever Googled menopause and clicked images? And it's about six minutes. And it, it, it resonated. People just got it. Because it's some, basically when you Google menopause and click images, now you get more people, you might even see me, <laughs> and you get, you know, a lot of lavender for some reason, lavender infographics. Um, <laughs> oh, strange. so true. I know, yeah, right? I what, know. Who chose that? It's the pastels. I, it's a, why who chose pastels? That? I mean, so, what um, is going on? Right. So, uh or you got a lot of, at the time, you got a lot of sad, silver-haired, dull, white women with their heads in fridges or their heads in their hands. And I thought, that doesn't represent anybody I know, full stop, but also doesn't represent me. And I wanted mm. to know where, I want, I guess I was reaching out. I was lonely and I was missing people like lots of people were, but I wanted to sort of see whatever other people how, the, how black women were coping. And so I started some research and then that led to the podcast. And Karen, why do you think that is? Why do you think it is that something so, so sort of medical that everybody goes through, um, the female species, has been so whitewashed and there, aren't, there haven't been enough um, black people or people of colour actually talking about it? Because it's always like that. Because mm. that's, what the, that's what the world's like. Because the default is white. That's why. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's it in a nutshell. So you, mm-hmm. it's not until, you know, people make, people say, oh, you know, you're so brave for speaking out and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I, I couldn't not speak. And I, I honestly thought that somebody else would have done, like when I started to do research and ask black women about menopause, I thought, oh, somebody with a PhD would have done this. I'm going to get, in fact, this is, in a sense, you know the difference between, let's say, Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. So Twitter tends to be a little bit more people who, like writers and people like that, intellectuals. That's that's where I'm going with this. Hold, you know, hold that thought. So when I did this, the survey, I put it in my newsletter and I put it on Instagram and I put it on Facebook. And I waited a full week before I put it on Twitter because I thought that someone on Twitter would tweet me and say... Oh, that's been done. Who do you think you are? I had a massive imposter syndrome complex. Mm. And then, of course, the minute I put it on Twitter, that's when black women started to fill it in because it got traction. So, yeah, I and out of that, one of the questions I was asking was, where do you get your information about menopause? Where do you see or hear about women like you? And they were saying no. There was one woman, uh, Omashadi Bernie Scott, who runs... Black Girl's um, Guide to Surviving Menopause. She's a wonderful podcast in Series 3 in America. And we have connected. Um, but over here in the UK, there was no one. And so I started it. <laughs> you saw that Basically. gap and you went for it. Absolutely. Well, I don't even think it was about filling a gap. I think it was just like, oh, well, I may as well. I mean... I'm not a pod. Oh, I am now, but I, I, I didn't. 
know what equipment to get. I thought it was really complicated. I don't know how to, I didn't know how to edit. And then I, somewhat a very good friend of mine, Nat Lou, family friend of mine who runs Baggage Reclaim, she said something like, nobody was born an expert. And I, I was like, that. oh yeah. Well, I may as so well get true. on with it. But also the perfectionist kicked in. I wanted to be the bed po- best podcast from the get-go. And so all those things get in the way, don't they? Yeah, you have to listen to the episode with Natalie, actually. That's the one I listened to the other day. And it is brilliant. <laughs> and she's such an inspiring woman, isn't she? Yeah, she's, she's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I tell you what I really liked about her interview. She said she just had this moment one day where she went out to hang up the washing and she had a really busy day. She had loads planned, but she said, I'll go and do the washing and I'll take my yoga mat and I'll do loads of yoga as well. And then she just took the yoga mat out and just lay down and yeah. just did nothing for hours. Yeah. And she said, yeah. "This we have to learn to adapt and we have to learn just how to do nothing and take things a bit easy sometimes. Which is something that Sue Devaney mm. said as well, actually. Why can't we just be... Why we always we can't rush around at a million miles an hour like we used to, can we? And we have to accept that. But society doesn't teach us that. No. Society, I only know to take my time because I had to have a breakdown first. Mm-hmm. And often what happens is because women are taught to look after everybody else. And so we feel guilty when we even sit down to watch TV. We feel like there's something else we should be doing. And so it often takes something drastic, usually at the de- to the detriment of our health or the expense of, you know, um, to make us stop and do something. The only reason I'm doing what I'm doing, I had to be very, very ill first. And whilst mm. I don't regret any of that because it makes me the person talking to you today, it was still a bit shit. Effing hormones making it okay to talk about by talking about it. So Karen, what have you, uh, what's been your experience when you've gone to the doctors as a a black woman going through menopause? Have you had any positive experiences or or have you been able to get the help that you needed when you've, or did you even go to the doctor? I went to the doctor, but I went to the doctor because I was off work. So my primary, okay, I've just made a word up primary focus was the fact that I couldn't do my job the thing is is my focus was I need to get back to work I need to get back to work because that's what I was taught so when I went to the doctors I just wanted to get back to work going to the doctors is never I don't think it's a particularly fun experience so I don't go often when I do go I would take a list and at the bottom of that list was menopause (laughs) so I had fallen over I'd fallen down a hole another hilarious story um i'd fallen down a hole i was listening to someone play the piano outside forest hill station and i clapped when he'd finished because he was amazing and when i turned i fell i ended up on the floor uh in a hole that had been left by the christmas tree and and they hadn't filled it over basically and that led to a year of awful experience you know not being able to walk not sciatica all sorts of things that went wrong but, so I went to the doctor about that, about the fact that I wasn't at work, I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression, and then we got to menopause. And the doctor said, we, oh, antidep- she mentioned antidepressants, and I said, I'm not averse to them, but can I try some other stuff first? I've always been, my mother's very old school, holistic 
type of person and I'm the same. So I went to a herbalist and I, you know, I did lots of other things. But because the doctor didn't make the links between anxiety and depression and menopause, then I didn't either. So I suppose I didn't get the help, but I didn't know I needed that help. Do you see what I mean? And HRT, hormone replacement therapy, wasn't even on my radar. It wasn't because I, you know, was into the, it'll cause breast cancer. Plus my mum was a, if you mention HRT to her, she just goes, you know, it's just like, (laughs) absolutely no. Because she has the same information that we all had, you know, so I get that. So did I get the help? I did. No, I didn't. I didn't. But I wasn't expecting it, if I'm honest. Yeah. You know? That's sad, isn't it? And also it was confusing, wasn't it? Then this is the story we've heard from so many women on this podcast, that actually when it hits you, you've got no fucking idea what's going on, have you? It's just a total... And for you it was a shock as well, wasn't it? You, you really didn't know, did you? You thought there was something up with your boiler, is that right? I'd love that. Well, I don't love that story, but it's so mad. I've told that story so many times, but it's so... Yeah. It, I, I mean, it's funny now. I <laughs> I suppose because I, w- because I couldn't do my job, I was scared. Um, anybody who's a teacher will tell you that we have many transferable skills, but we can't work out what they are. So once you're in teaching, it's very hard to work out what you would do next. And so I thought I would be a teacher until I'm 60, whatever the bloody retirement age is now. I don't even know. 74. 70 odd. I thought I would do that and then I would do a bit of sewing on the side as I'd always done. And then I would wait for my grandkids and yada, yada, yada. So it didn't occur to me that I could do certainly what I'm doing now. But I was finding that I couldn't remember things. And I'd always prided, I was very good at my job. And I was always prided myself on writing things down, but also remembering a lot. I had a lot of stuff in my head and I was forgetting basic things. And I was worried. And I was also scattered. I now realise that, that, you know, there were precursors to panic attacks. So I would find myself moving across from my computer to the filing cabinet and not really settling on what I needed to do and I could feel the panic happening and I didn't want to tell anybody because I thought god what if I can't do my job what if I can't Mm. do my job Mm. you know um so I was fixated on that so when the hot flushes were coming I had a new boiler put in and I was opening all the windows and I'd be doing me stretching and me yoga in the morning and I'd be downward dogging and sweating like a P.I.G. <laughs> and then one day, I thought, if the penny dropped, I was like, oh my God, Karen, you're menopausal. And I stopped and started laughing. I thought, you so-and-so. Because I was getting ready to call British Gas. I honestly, and I'm, I'm glad that I didn't have the time to do it because they would have thought, what's wrong with you, woman? You know, so um, it's absolutely true. Absolutely yeah. true. I mean, it's easy to laugh at, isn't it? But it's it's tragic that so many of us go through this and so many of us weren't told what to expect by our mothers or, or by other people. It's just, it, I don't know why. Why is it so untalked or has been so untalked about and so unknown? Well, who encourages women to talk about our sexy bits? Who does that? Mm. No one. Well, certainly not with your mother. What? <laughs> <laughs> our mothers, our mothers got on with it. You know, 
The witches, many, you know, in medieval times, witches that burnt in the, at the stake who decided not to do as they were told, they were menopausal. You know? Yeah. And actually, and it's I. so I, clear that, isn't it? I yeah. weep for. Oh, man. Uh, one thing about that program, Sex, Myths, and the Menopause, which is, I think, is amazing. Even, I mean, you know, there are detractors, but the fact of the matter is, we're talking about menopause. Like, now, yeah. every it's on everybody's lips kind of thing. Is that I? It made it left me feeling angry for all the women who have been done a disservice to, who've been lied to, the research that was wrong. It's a mess. Yep. But the yeah. other side to that, it has here comes that word empowered women to advocate for themselves. And this is this is the thing about. Um, People from different cultures, I'll say, talking about menopause. You need to hear stories from people who look like you. Yeah. The thing about listening, I've heard a lot of menopause stories, but up until this, the point that I started speaking, it was all white women. And you can hear a story, the same story, five, six times. And then the seventh time you hear it from someone who might, whose parents might be from the same village as you or who loves a particular food the same you know or who looks like you or was brought up a similar way to you and then it will land and that's the point that's why i speak because i want black women to see one that yes menopause can be awful but one of the reasons it's awful can be awful is because we don't know what's coming i honestly believe that it stops with us it absolutely stops with us because there is no way on earth that my kids are going to have menopause hit them the way it hit me because, well, first of all, I don't shut up about it. And secondly, <laughs> they know everything. You know, do you know what I mean? They will have the resources. Just picking up on the cultural thing, have you yeah. in your research found that uh, black women experience menopause differently to yeah. white women and how, like, medicine in this country, I mean, it's not great for women generally when it comes to the menopause, but... Do you feel that it's different? Because uh, I, I'm starting to explore whether it's different for I'm of an Indian heritage yeah. and whether it's different for people from sort of South Asia. First of all, the research is scant. Let's be very clear. Okay. Yeah. When I started to do my research, I looked at, there is some research from 2007, which was taken up by Northamptonshire nursing people it's in the nursing times and it was 22 i'm laughing it's not funny 22 women did that research and basically they were asking why black british women were less likely to take hrt so there was a bias towards that Hmm. that's research 22 women when i did my survey my survey in the end over 200 almost 250 women filled in and actually it's still open so women at black british women are still uh, uh filling it in but what i found was the swan report which is american research which lumps african-american and hispanic women together basically saying that black women are more likely to start our menopause symptoms up to two years earlier than their white counterparts and suffer for with symptoms for longer particularly hot flushes now if you also take into consideration what i was talking about earlier about racial weathering and we know i think we know that stress can 
exacerbate menopause. A lot of the women I've spoken to on my podcast, their menopause has been brought on by bereavements, parents' bereavements, things like that. Mm. Stressful Mm. events in their lifetime. So if you factor that in as well, my argument is we need to know about this stuff early and we need to be taking care of ourselves. But the other thing is that the reason we don't talk about it is because our mothers didn't talk about it and we still have there's a I'm having a fight with myself at the moment actually around being you know strong black woman and being holistic and you know and and tackling everything using diet and whilst my diet I'm gonna say my diet's healthy I've just eaten the most beautiful magnum um, (laughs) ice cream nice yeah so uh, it has its moments let's just put it that way but certainly I feel that the more cultures talk, different cultures talk about this, that we will find out more and there will be more research. I feel that there just needs to be so much more. But we were never asked. We were here all along. But we weren't asked, you know. It's why it's so fantastic that you're doing what you're doing, Karen, because there's just so much power in enabling other women to tell their stories. And I feel like, and there are more podcasts coming, you know, there are more women, women of colour, I'm hoping, you know, that South Asian women, I'm hoping that lots of other cultures will get with, get not get with the programme, that sounds like they should do it. Join the conversation. Yeah, Yeah. join the conversation. Um, It's time. It's time. It is time. I think it is, you know, I think it feels like, uh, like you say, just seeing one person who looks or sounds like you in any situation, whether it's in a work situation, whether it's in a health situation, just sort of having, you know, for many years, not having had a voice or not having had anyone to look to. And I'm also speaking from personal experience in many areas of my life. um, It is really heartening when you start seeing people who, do brave it out because it is a brave thing to do. It is, you know, there is a lot of putting yourself out there, uh, you know, imposter syndrome, but also, oh my God, you know, am I going to get criticised for this or whatever it is? Um, but it, it, it's it's great. I mean, I'm really massively inspired by when I saw you on the dock and when I found, when I learned that you were coming on to chat to us, I was just like a bit obsessed, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, you know what? I was quiet. I didn't have a voice for a very long time. I spent the best part of 40 years trying to be, trying to fit in. I was brought up in a small town in Oxfordshire. There were two other black families. Uh, one was African, um, Ghanaian, and we weren't, they didn't talk to us. And then the other one was Jamaican, and we weren't allowed to talk to them. Oh, I know it's bonkers. I go, I moved to Leicester. There are lots more black families, lots more black folks, but I didn't fit in because I didn't understand them and they didn't understand me. Then I go into teaching. I'm convinced that, I mean, I keep getting promoted and I can't work out why, but I go with it. And then I go into a relationship where that relationship turns out to be fairly abusive. Fairly, that's an understatement. And toxic. So I spend four four decades not being myself. So the breakdown, breakthrough, was possibly the best thing that ever happened because I was able to 
be me. It's quite an incredible thing to say, that, isn't it? Well, yeah. well I, I don't think my story is unusual. Mm. I think a lot of... I think particularly a lot of women of colour spend a lot of time not being their true selves unless they're around their family and even then, you know, or their mates. But I vowed to myself when two things, when I split from my partner and when I left teaching. First of all, sorry, let me just backtrack. I left teaching at 52. I wanted to, I figured I have another 40 years, please God, on this planet. I figured I wanted to curate my life. I wouldn't do anything I didn't love anymore. And one of the things I vowed was that I would be honest to people out there, whoever they were, and honest to myself. And being honest with yourself, like your motives for doing things, I found to be the hardest thing. But that's where the growing happens. That's where the growth happens. Mm. And it means mm. that I when I started to put myself first for the first time ever and I found my voice properly, like I got, you know, louder and louder. And then last year I just went for it and I still struggle. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, one of the reasons it took me so long, I feel to start the podcast was because I thought people would assume I'd be an expert because there's that thing going on about being a spokesperson and I'm not comfortable with it. It's like, well, there's, there's one black woman that will do kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I'm uncomfortable with that, which is why I'm, I welcome more people speak, women speaking up who look like me. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So I absolutely. feel, do you know what I mean? So I feel like yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I think it's, I just think it's important to be on once your, once your motives are pure, ugh, once your motives are, once you're clear with yourself about why you're doing stuff, Things get a lot easier, yeah. I feel. Do you know, it's actually really, it's a really positive message because so often we are told that the menopause is the end and you become unuseful as yeah. a woman. And actually, yeah. the more and more we talk to other women, it's actually, it's a change. And in some respects, and certainly for you and your story, it's a beginning. It's something to celebrate in a way. I mean, I just wanted to ask you about where you're happy, because this is part of this massive metamorphosis that you've had. We're looking at you now and you look absolutely awesome. And you looked awesome in the Davina documentary and we saw the incredible clothes that you make. And you're really, really passionate about empowering women through clothing and colour and vibrancy. And that's something that seems to be part of your own empowerment, doesn't it? Can you tell us a bit about where you're happy and how that feeds into your your new kind of life philosophy I suppose I suppose where you're happy for me is six years old it comes out of tragedy I will say because okay so I leave my teaching job I think I'm going to get better within a month my aunt passes away in fact her anniversary is in is next week um she, I don't, I want to say we were close. We weren't close. I need to be clear about this. She, she was, I'm the only relative in London. I was the executor to her will. She went into hospital. My name was given as her next of kin. When she went into hospital, I thought, I 
imagined I was going to be a better niece. And I spent a lot of time fantasising about all the things we were going to do when she got better. And then she died. And so I remember I've just left teaching. I'm depressed. Mm. But there's something about other people's, when other people need us, we, we, everything else kind of pales. Mm-hmm. So I spent a few months trying to sort her flat out, sorting the funeral out, all the stuff, all the stuff, all the stuff. And I thought, oh, well, now I've left teaching. That's the problem. I'll get better. And what happened is I got worse because the vacuum that that hole left, everything rushed in. So I became very still. As I started to get better, I did meditation and leaned into my yoga practice and all sorts of things. But as I started to get better, I noticed my relationship with fashion changed. I've always loved fashion, always considered myself stylish, but I dressed to mask how I felt, particularly in the later years of my relationship and when I was just powering through, doing all the stuff to keep my mortgage. So when I left teaching, I didn't necessarily have anything to dress up for. And I, I wore a lot of sweat, black sweatpants and hoodies. And I didn't go out a lot. And when I did go out, I, my hair was down and my hoodie was over. You, you wouldn't recognise me. What I noticed was, there was one particular event where I had arranged to meet a friend at a jazz festival and I didn't want to go. I got out of the shower and I sat on the edge of my bed in my towel and I looked at my wardrobe and I thought, I don't want to go. But because I told my friend, I was already late anyway, I thought if I can just get to the station, I'll be fine. But it felt like a chasm. So I thought, let me wear something that's going to make me feel good. So I put my, I was wearing my aunt's bangle, which I've been wearing since she passed. I think I put her earrings on pair of her earrings on bright yellow kente cloth you know a pair of jeans that I'd made some yellow shoes and I got myself out of the house and it was the first time I realized that I was deliberately dressing to lift my mood Mm -hmm. so people assume that and I started to talk about it on twitter first and then instagrammy kind of stuff and I coined the hashtag where you're happy I honestly feel and I can't stress this enough, this is my passion, this is one of my passions, that we have the power to help our mental well-being, it's not a cure-all, don't get me wrong, within our wardrobe, we have clothes and not, but because as we get older, our body changes, fashion is weird anyway, we never know what is in and what is out, you know, we start to dress for other people, we dress for our jobs, we dress for our boyfriends, we dress for our partners, we dress for other women, do you know what I mean? We rarely dress for ourselves. I know exactly where you're coming from with this because believe me, the the bright colours, so like turquoise, or bright orange. You know, I have done this, Karen, and I, I read about where you're happy on your website. I was like, yes, yes. Mm. And actually, I know if I'm not feeling mentally well, I am in the sweatshirts. And yeah, I honestly, I completely, I so identify with where you're coming from with it. That where you're happy prepared me. That six years ago, five years ago, that prepared me for lockdown. Because mm. I got dressed every day. I got dressed as if I was leaving, <laughs> especially the first proper lockdown. The rest of them were a little bit, you know, weird. 
But certainly the first one where we definitely, you know, where the birds were like, hey, nobody's out. Let me sing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. It was actually nice, you know? wasn't it? Yeah. It was. Uh, and shares for suits and nobody was buying clothing. And loungewear <laughs> became this thing. I was the woman who was buying matching bras and knickers and putting and dressing up. I, I don't call it dressing up because I just dress, you know. Mm. Uh, because I, I knew that if I stayed in my pyjamas, which is very tempting, guys, or stayed in my sweatpants, m- by the time I, you know, my mental well-being would would suffer. So I, I feel that, I also feel that, you know, I mean, the, one of the reasons I believe that I was in the documentary is because the links between anxiety, depression and menopause is n- are not talked about enough. But also mm-hmm. that I'm someone who... I have changed my life and I've changed it's it's not you know it didn't happen overnight and it's a mindset as well but I feel that my relationship with fashion changing and being able to own being a fashion designer despite not having fashion degree I've got 40 years of sewing experience I'm fine don't worry um is because of my the links with fashion psychology which is really powerful and as women come up I say women because I work primarily with women, come out of lockdown and we're confused about how to to put trousers on or how to, put, you know, wear our clothes. <clears throat> I feel that, and also with the sustainable aspect, instead of bank going on to ASOS and buying a load of fast fashion or new wardrobes, we need to turn around and get back in touch with why we bought the stuff we bought and wear the stuff that we love and bugger what anybody else thinks. Mm. you know but there's such a powerful there's such a powerful approach to this with regard to aging women yeah. and not shoehorning themselves in particular sort of trends or fashions and that's one of the things that I love about your approach to this as well that you're very much about supporting other women and enhancing them and making them feel good so bravo to you mm. um, thanks well should we crack on with the peri peri grilling then ooh grilling I'm, I'm worried about what peri peri grilling is now is it food <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to feed me? Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds quite tasty, doesn't it, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's quite painless, honestly, Karen, but it is time for your peri-peri grilling. Woohoo! Um, Woohoo! So, first of all, we're going to broach the topic of peri-trumps. Um, yes. This is um, the lovely feature that our esteemed colleague Helen came up with. <laughs> where good. she's given all 34 symptoms of menopause a score... Uh, things like hot flush only get one. More unusual things like burning mouse syndrome get ten. You just add up your score and we see who's top of the leaderboard of doom. Um, it's not really something you want to win, is it? It's like the world's worst game, this. But anyway. <laughs> so you've had a look at your scoreboard, Karen. What did I you have, get? I mm-hmm. have the grand total of 99. Ooh. 99. Okay. Oh, that's, you're in second place, Karen. Definitely more than me. <laughs> She's in <Yeah>. at least. <laughs> But that's so what because are... some of the ones I got have high scores. Yeah, go on then. What are some of your high-scoring weird so ones? I have had burning mouth syndrome. Oh, okay. Okay. That's yeah. oh, I got a clap. All right. Um... Oh, no, clap. I'm clapping because I've never actually met anyone else in my right. life who's ever had burning mouth syndrome. So, go, yeah. And it's I horrible. had <laughs> gum problems, massive gum problems, mm-hmm. and that's 10. Uh, what else? Body odor, mate. Oh. Yeah, Emma's Emma's got that. 
So sometimes... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Who needs animes, You know, it's one of those things that no one talks about, and I thought it was just me. But also, so I went through a stage where my... I, I, I smelt weird, okay? <laughs> There's no getting around it. But also... I also went through a stage where I had I didn't have to use deodorant. I, it was the opposite effect. So um Oh, oh wow. Yeah, it's it's a uh, yeah. There's hope, Emma. There's hope. There is special, yeah. <laughs> Poor old Ems. Oh yeah. my so god. That's possibly why my score is pretty high. But other things like dizzy I didn't know you could get dizzy spells. I certainly haven't had dizzy spells. Yeah, I actually collapsed on the tram in Manchester. No way. Mm. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, yeah, total been... dizzy spells, yeah. Mm. Do you think there could be symptoms that haven't been uh, picked up? Because of this course. might have been a list. Of course. Yeah, that, that because there's no research. Because people don't yeah. want to research women because we've got yeah. hormones and we're not fixed like men. That's why. Yeah. So yeah. I yeah. suspect there are lots of other uh, symptoms that we've put down to aging. This is the thing is that when you start talking, when we start talking amongst each other, one of the things I did before I started, way before I, COVID, was I would meet with my girlfriends in my kitchen and we'd talk about it. And we, you know, you, you'd often get women go, oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was. We always thought it's aging. So there, mm-hmm. I suspect there are so many more symptoms that women are just putting up with because they assume, oh, well, I'm just getting old. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Like getting so, a saggy yeah. face and yeah. middle-aged spread. Like, oh, yeah, you put on weight. That's just because you're middle-aged. Yeah. 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 Love has got the saggy face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've got a few in-jokes going on because this is the last episode in this current I series, see. actually, Karen. Yeah, you're our finale. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently Emma's Emma's smelly and I've got jowls. <laughs> jowls. Oh, I've got jowls. I've got those. Yeah. No. Yeah, they're there. They're there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's time for the effins. We love this part. So What's so this is where you get to nominate your Perry or Menno hero. Oh yeah. Um, so it could be a personal friend, someone that's really helped you through. It could be someone that you feel sorry for because they've had a really bad time with it, or it could be you know someone in the public eye who's really spoken out and helped others. So. Who would you like to nominate for an effing? It's very like the Oscars, just a lot better okay. and a lot cooler. In that case, it's going to be... It's going to be... The person I mentioned earlier, Omashadi Bernie Scott. So she runs the American podcast, Black Women's Guide to Menopause. And I have to say, she has been an absolute star in terms of not just helping me with getting on with the podcast but also navigating things to do that are particular to us as black women and she's my blueprint because you know I went on her podcast she came on mine I just think she's I want to use the word awesome I don't use that word very often so you're honoured mate a big round of applause Very, very worthy F in there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and last but not least, it is time for the F in Hormone Spotify playlist. Um, now, we haven't copied you, but apparently you have also got a Spotify playlist for Menopause While Black, Abs- yeah? Absolutely. I, it was the first thing I thought of. Yeah, yeah. It's got fantastic tunes on it. Yeah, it was definitely... Yeah, I approve. It had to be a thing, definitely. It's got Soul to Soul on it. Yes. It's got Insomnia, Faithless on it. <laughs> oh, it sounds a load better than ours. <laughs> Excuse me. 
say. <laughs> no, anyway, listen, it's a good playlist. I, I very you. much approve. So now <laughs> I really want to hear what your choice is going to be. Yeah, so what would you like I to would... nominate for the effing hormone Spotify playlist? Is that I? Whenever I'm asked about favourite tunes, it's um, I find it quite difficult because I love dancing. I, if you've mm. seen my Instagram feed, you know that I love dancing and I love, you know, it's a great pick-me-up. But... One song that I'll always get up and dance to whenever it comes on is by Mary J. Blige. It's called Just Fine. Excellent. Yes. Great that's second. That's the second Mary J. Blige we've got on the playlist, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Being a chosen Absolutely. Mary J. It's such a happy... Love a bit of Mary J. Get up, you know, kind of tune. I love it. Love it. Yeah. But there are loads. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, listen, I can't, I can't believe it. That's the end. You, I'm blown away by by you, Karen. To be honest with you, you were massively <laughs> inspiring. You yeah. look amazing. Yes. You know, you you put yourself out there, and I just really, really admire you for getting to the point where you're like, listen, this is me, and if you don't like it, you can bugger off. That quite frankly. <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah. And that's the word I'd use as well. Bugger off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could take a lot from you, Karen. Thank you so yeah. much. No, Amazing. I, I appreciate so you asking you. me. I've I've had fun. I've had really good fun. You're a good. You're a cracking team, Thank guys. You. Yay! Thank you. <laughs> Well, that is the end of Effing Hormones for this series. I can't believe it. Well, we have loved being with you and I really hope you've had a chance to laugh at us being silly or share with us as we sound off about the difficult times. Or you may have learnt a thing or two, like I certainly have over the last few episodes. We recorded this series in April, May and June 2021. But please do head to the Effin Hormones website, effinhormones.com, to let us know what you think and, more importantly, tell us your stories. If you get in touch, we'll do some special episodes just with your stories. And of course, please do like, share, rate and review this podcast. And don't forget, the Effin Hormones playlist is crying out for your suggestions. Just not Enya. Uh, it's open and collaborative on Spotify. I'm sorry, Terry. Well, bye for now, and thank you so much for listening. Yay, bye. 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 Sail away, sail away, sail away. Can you imagine if any listened to this? That's why I'm singing Sail Away, Sail Away. <laughs> <laughs>